I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 55. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Jen Mathias. Jen is a co-founder of Mortgage 360. She's based out of Calgary, Alberta. Been a broker for eight years. She's not only an awesome mortgage broker, but has some serious singing skills. Jen, are you ready to rock? <laughs> you bet. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. What do you want to know? Just personal business, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then also how you got into the mortgage business. Awesome. You bet. I, I'm 34. I've been a broker for, yeah, like I said, eight years. I can't believe time's gone by so quick. I am married, have a lovely little cute son named Jackson, who just is turning two on the 10th. And uh, yeah, we run a great team of brokers here in Calgary. We are now up to nine brokers, which is awesome. Yeah, we just, we've been rocking and rolling in Calgary. It's been great. So how did you get into the mortgage business? Because nobody, when they're, when you you know went to, in kindergarten said, when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So what was your path to the, to our base? Yeah, so when I first moved to Calgary, I actually got a job at one of the big real estate companies here and worked in administration and then moved into their marketing department. And I started dating one of the big realtors here. And and uh, he was working with a mortgage broker that, you know, he wasn't too hot on, but he got his deals done. And he just said, you know, I know you. I know you really well. You're great with people. Um, you should get your broker's license. And so I decided to do that. I was actually going to university at the time and got my license. After the first year doing this, I stopped going to university and kind of picked this as my career path because I loved it. So, yeah, that's sort of how I got into it. I had a lot of realtor contacts just from working at the real estate office. And uh, that was a really huge help in those first couple years of business. Right. And for the record, you didn't marry that guy, right? No. No, I did not. You married another mortgage broker. I Yes, I married another mortgage broker. Okay, awesome. So before we dive into your story, <laughs> I always like to ask about a success quote that's really had an impact on your life or business. Can you share a quote that's really had an impact on you? Sure. Um, can I do two? Sure. Awesome. So my major one, if anybody knows me, and probably if you want to do a, an awesome count uh, throughout this interview, I say awesome a lot. It's obviously my favorite word. So my most favorite one would be just do more of what makes you awesome. My second one is uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Okay. So the first one I like, I've heard, bo- I've heard yeah. uh, the first one I haven't heard before. So the say that to me again. Do more of what makes you awesome. Okay. So what would your client say makes you awesome? I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, Jen, tell me why you're awesome. <laughs> but why, why would your client say that you're awesome? I think communication is a huge piece and approachability. So, I mean, obviously, the obvious things like getting the deal done and that sort of thing, but just keeping people knowing what's going on throughout the process and making yourself approachable so that they feel like they can come to you with questions. I think that's a key factor just in anything. So, do you have any specific sort of contact strategies that you use to make sure that like borrowers aren't, you know, calling you and freaking out? Like, yeah, we try to keep a lot of touch points throughout the process. Just, you know, obviously, phone calls, emails, those sorts of things. Set people up so that they know what to expect throughout. That way, things aren't a big surprise down the road. Just making sure that we have all of those touch points throughout seems to put put people at ease. Mm -hmm. And so, do you have like? Do you find most of your clients prefer to be like kept in the loop by email or phone, or what sort of? What are you finding? You know what? I kind of feel like it depends on the client. So we work with lots of young professionals in Calgary. A lot of them want to do tech. <laughs> really? I would prefer to pick up. Yeah. I prefer to pick up the phone and make a phone call. But they're, you know, they're so busy. We'll, we'll usually try to get, try to get in, you know, an in-person meeting definitely. But then there's lots of just little touch points that are happening by email, phone call, text, that sort of thing. It just really depends on the client. I think each person is different in what kind of communication that they need. And we'll just try to gear it towards the client. Right. Make it user-friendly for what they're totally. liking. Yeah, I have found that text is not is it something I don't like. Maybe I'm I'm a little bit I'm older than you. I'm turning forty this year, so 
<laughs> I'm, uh, I find text is just, cause sometimes people will text me something and then I'll forget, like, you know, it, cause you'll get 10 other texts on top of it and it's not in yeah. my normal workflow, like my email, my inbox. So how do you manage, if you have all these clients that are texting you, how do you manage that from becoming a nightmare? You know what? I totally agree with you because I have lots of clients that will approach me on Facebook and if it's not in my email inbox, I often lose it. So what I will usually do is if I see a text message, I'll forward it to my email so that, cause I kind of use my inbox as a secondary to do list. If it's still in my inbox, it still needs something has to happen. Mm-hmm. So if I miss something, that's kind of a backup for me. So like I've often had people send me a message on Facebook and if I'm not on Facebook, then I don't see it and then I feel bad for missing it or I forget about it. So what I've tried to do is send a quick email to myself so that I can at some point keep track of it a little bit easier. But yeah, it's tough when I don't particularly love the text message thing, but it seems like a lot of my younger clients are really into that. If I try to call them once they've got a text message from them, they're like, sorry, can't text or can't can't talk, but I can text. So right. They're probably working. And they're, they're probably yeah. working and they, they want their employer to know they're not doing work-related activities. <laughs> exactly. Or that's why they're sending me a message on Facebook. So. Right. Okay. So another thing I've noticed talking to successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and mortgage brokers is that failure happens, but it's never fatal if you can find a lesson in it looking back. So can you share an example of something that maybe didn't work turn out the way you'd hope, but looking back, there was a valuable lesson in it for you? Yeah, sure. I think that the one thing that keeps popping up and that lots of people are interested in is this whole idea of internet regeneration and that kind of thing. It seems to be bigger and bigger every year. We had a great opportunity a couple of years ago to work with one of the big agents here in Calgary that generates a lot of his leads from the internet. And I mean, holy grail for a mortgage broker, right? Like mm-hmm. unlimited source of leads, super excited to do it. We worked our way in slowly working with a couple agents on the team and then finally just kind of got given this as an opportunity. Really great learning experience. We did get a lot of deals out of it. But what we found was at the end of the year, looking back, that we're spending about 80% of our time doing 20% of our business. Because those leads are really difficult. You have lots of people that are, you know, just kind of kicking tires, not really interested in it. You're putting in a lot of work for not as much as you could be getting working your database and the people who know you and like you, right? Mm-hmm. Those people are you're more likely to refer people to you and it's not quite as difficult of a business to do. So at the end of that year, we kind of had to look back and decide what we were going to do. Both of our businesses changed a little bit to a point where they were looking for not more value in us working for them, but they kind of wanted to offset some of the costs that they were incurring for these leads. Mm -hmm. And we simply just decided at the end of it that we are more valuable to them not paying them, I guess, for those leads than somebody that might pay them to do the business for them. So I wasn't going, I'm valuable enough that I'm not in a position where I need to pay for business. So we decided to walk away from that that opportunity. It was certainly a great learning experience. And I mean, I probably made 60,000 phone calls that year. It was intense. <laughs> so I got a bit of a, a thicker skin for people you know, rejecting you a little bit, but mm-hmm. we managed to, the great thing about it was being so worried about leaving that business and where you're going to replace it. Well, once you have 80% of your time free, we replaced it tenfold. So right. we're able to focus more on our daddy and on the people that we've already worked with and relationships that um, with people that were sending us services and realtors and other referral sources. Right. So the lesson was to focus on your clients and the people that you're doing business with instead of this sort of this opportunity that seemed really good, but in the end. And so I got two quick questions that one um, what sort of like how many leads are we talking about in a week would you be looking that you'd have following up with uh oh gosh i don't even 100 maybe wow and so you have to phone them all yeah 
Totally. Yeah, I was on the phone all the time. Like, my cell phone, my data bill was intense. It was, it was crazy. We were basically the first point of contact for any registration on the website. Mm-hmm. So we were the ones that were dealing with the, the lead right away. Right. So, I mean, but I mean, of all of those, the percentage of people that end up buying was pretty small. So. Right. And then what, so you said that you focused on your database. So what's something specifically that you guys took, you know, that 80% of time and, and what did you start doing with your database that what was returning a better, better yeah, yield so, for you? Um, I guess focusing more on, and I mean, we do deal with realtors that, at least I just want to say this as well. We do still deal with realtors who generate business from the internet. And I'm not saying that the model is wrong, but from the perspective of what was going to be required from us in this particular situation, mm-hmm. it just wasn't going to work. There's other, everybody runs their business different. Um, we deal with a great Teams here in Calgary that does a lot of internet leads, but the way that they structure it in that we're not that first point of contact. If the agent has kind of scrubbed the lead and determined that they're going to be somebody that's appropriate for us to talk to, then we'll get in contact with them. It's a good 50-50 split there as far mm-hmm. as the amount of workload put into it. Mm-hmm. The other route, <laughs> and then plus being asked to maybe help to offset some of those costs just wasn't going to be of value to us with our business model. But I'm certainly not um, trying to put down anybody that does that type business, but specifically for us, it just wasn't wasn't what we wanted to pursue. You know what, Jen? You're just too nice because I know that if I asked Nolan, he would not, he would definitely be more blunt about how he answered that question. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, but I mean, it's true, right? I mean, I'm a people person. I'm the, like, I'm touchy-feely, he's the business side. (laughs) So we both, although we run a business together, we both have our strengths and weaknesses of how things things work. So, and I know lots of people that run really successful online businesses. I think it just really depends on the right fit for a partnership. Right. So, yeah, I'm just, you guys, are, you're kind of, not, 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 I'm just generalizing here, but you're kind of like good cop, bad cop in a sense, right? Like, yeah. And Nolan, but Nolan's very good at what he does and he's good. He's very innovative oh and, and creative. And so, yeah. Time uh, smarter than me, that's for sure. So... The other thing I was going to ask you about is process. And I find that mortgage brokers that are successful, they it's not like they just sort of, it's not random. They have a plan. They have a process. And I want to ask about sort of administrative side because I find that, mm-hmm. can you share something maybe that on the administrative side that wasn't working as well as you were liking and then a change you made and the outcome you got from it? You know what? I just think even just having some sort of process in place, like there's so many of us that just kind of are doing kind of deal to deal. You loosely kind of have a process that you do every time, but like having a set, like set of steps or procedure that you go through with every single client to make sure that every single client, regardless of if they're working with me or Jessica or Jewel or anybody on our team, that they're going to have exactly the same experience. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. And then let's say I'm going away and I have to send my business to one of them. I don't have to worry that they're not going to provide the same level of service because we all have the same process that we go through. Mm -hmm. So even just as something as simple as sitting down and finding a process, (laughs) it's so surprising how many people don't have one. Right. And Um, so a question Actually, this I'm kind of a little bit disjointed today, but I wanted to ask you about this, and I moved on from it before. But you had said that you know the uh, online leads. So, what percentage do you think of your business currently would be from online leads versus? And I'm not asking you like you know you're not going to probably know right off perfectly, but from online leads versus like the referral type business. I'd say less than ten percent is from online now. Yeah, I mean it's hard for us to. I don't really feel like the relationships that we have with agents now that are working online leads are really as online leads as like they're not coming to me 
without some sort of touch, without some sort of scrubbing happening on that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like they're more refer. They, I, I would kind of see them more as referrals than as just flat out somebody going on your website and saying, hey, I need a mortgage. Right. We get some of that, but usually it's because somebody told their friend to go to our website. <laughs> and so we get that. So I don't really... Think Which is not really an online lead. It's more of just somebody yeah, who's been... Exactly. Is contacting and through then, the website. Sure. And then the agents that we do work with now... They have a really great process where they'll go through, um, have their agents look at that lead first, have contact with them first, determine what their need is, and at that point, we'll connect with them. So it's not it's not like they're just coming to us totally blindly. They're coming from a little bit of a base of qual- like pre-qualification mm-hmm. of the lead, I guess, to make sure that it's worth us intervening and, and trying to Right. And there's some relationship already kind of there. It's not like, yeah, so, okay. Exactly. Uh, I totally get it. So the other thing I noticed talking to successful brokers is on the sales and marketing side, it's also important to have a process and to, and I know speaking with you and and Nolan in the past, you've had this program, you've done Ninja Selling, which is a real estate program, but you guys have modified it. So can you share maybe just a glimpse of a little bit of, because I think, you know, one of the things that makes your company unique is this whole process, which is definitely from my conversations with Nolan, it's different than what most people are doing. So can you maybe share just a glimpse of that so people can get an idea of how you guys are doing that? Sure. Yeah. So uh, Ninja Selling, is, like you were saying, is a real estate, originally a real estate course. But I mean, a lot of that's transferable into mortgages. Nolan actually helped to uh, to build out a training program for mortgages through Ninja Selling. And he's a, he's a Ninja coach. So and able to teach Ninja to realtors as well as mortgage brokers. So uh, that's super helpful for us to have him <laughs> doing that. But basically, and we also put all of our agents through the Ninja Selling program down in for Collins. Even though it's geared towards real estate, they do have a kind of a breakout session where they'll discuss how some of those things will be transferable into mortgage brokering. Essentially, it is just turning away from kind of thinking about the payment and the commission and more looking at what can I do to add value to my clients. And then once you've kind of changed your focus to adding value to being in touch with people that you, that know, like, and trust you, that the business just sort of comes. And I know it kind of sounds some people a little airy very like just, you know, it's like the whole idea of positive thought and, you know, what things, the law of attraction and all of that, but it, it really works. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really great. It's just a way of turning the sales process on its head so that it works for anybody, extroverts, introverts, pretty much anyone, uh, just focusing on staying in flow with people, communicating, being in contact so that once they are ready to buy, once they do have a life change where you might be valuable to them, that you're the first person that they think of. Right. And so can you give an example of like one thing that you guys sort of implement from this program? Sure. I think one of the major ones and one of the things the first year after I took the Ninja Selling course was a big uh, benefit to my business was gratitude. So every day we write or every week we write between five to 10 thank you notes to people that we've dealt with, people that we talk to. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody business related, mm-hmm. but just, you know, thank you and congratulations, you know, that kind of thing. I know there is, it's a really nice way to wake up in the morning is <laughs> to write, you know, positive things, send people uh, thank you notes. And that kind of keeps you top of mind for people. Mm-hmm. But it's doing something that's nice. It's not sending them, you know, hey, send me your business. It's a, uh, hey, you know what? I noticed that you had a baby. Congratulations. Here you go. Right. So, I mean, that's just one really simple thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. And another thing I've noticed talking to people, a lot of people lately is that they've been saying the need to diversify your income. So maybe cross-selling, getting share of wallet. So and I, I, in my mind, there's two camps that have kind of formed. One camp says, uh, no, stick to mortgage brokering. That's enough. Another camp says, no, you need to be like the bank and, you know, cross-sell. So where, where do you guys fall mm-hmm. on that? And if you are diversifying into other income streams, what area are you focusing on the next year? 
Yeah, I guess maybe the, the most obvious answer is the trailer fee model. I mean, how many people are losing losing potential income because they're not following up with, with renewals or, you know, if the client's happy, they don't want to move, they have a life change, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the fence, I guess, about the others. We're, we're just trying to focus on, on this part of our business at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we... <laughs> For me personally, I can't imagine having to do more work. Right. So I don't know that I would have the space for that, but I can't say that uh, my very innovative husband would, doesn't have some thoughts on that. that I'm, sh- I'm sure he does. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he has a few things up his sleeve that will, you know, if I know yeah. Nolan. Um, I'm usually at step one when he's at step ten, and then he'll tell me about it. So mm-hmm. it may be in the works. We might, we might want to bring him on in on that question. Right. And so, yeah. How do you? You've got a, a fam- young family, and obviously a very successful mortgage business. So how do you balance your mortgage practice and your family? Well, very thankfully, I have a lovely nanny who has made my life very easy over the last two years. I had, when I had my son, I didn't have a nanny for the first six months, and thankfully, he was an angel, and I brought him into the office and mm-hmm. worked with him. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was really helpful. Um, but one of the major things, just going back to ninja selling, is the whole point of the program is that so you can do less work and make more money. Mm-hmm. So even just putting together procedures and having, you know, a set list of tasks that you do on each deal saves you tons of time. You're not touching things a thousand times. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, I know it seems like such a silly thing, but even if bringing on new brokers into our team, it's so surprising to see how many people don't collect documents up front. It just mm-hmm. saves so much time. Right. <laughs> you know, like not only just getting everything sorted out and getting an actual pre-app done, but also once you see a deal into the lender, it's awesome. Send it in, no conditions. Remove conditions, you know, the day after you get the deal and you look like a superstar. Right. Everybody's happy. Things. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it frees up so much time. Mm-hmm. Just having those processes and procedures in place really helps you um, to free up the time. Right. But it's hard. I mean, sometimes I'm, I just, sometimes it's, it's hard just to say, you know what, I need the, the next five hours. I'm not looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially having a team that relies on us to kind of give them some guidance and stuff like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's also difficult to not be always available for them. But really, what are we doing this for? We're doing this so that we can spend time with our family and have a good life. Not right. so we can constantly tie to email and telephone. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I'm going to move to the rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter sure. answers if you like. So what is the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Bad mentorship. That's a good answer. What one thing or habits made you successful? Uh, communication. And do you have an internet resource or software program that you use to make your business more successful? Uh, Basecamp Dropbox. Basecamp and Dropbox. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, Go Giver. Go Giver. And where do you think our industry is headed? Where's the opportunity? I feel like we're getting a little bit more viewed a little bit more by the public as being more professionals and having more value. I think that we have a pretty bright future as long as we as long as we can just keep going. Mm-hmm. And so this is the last question is one of my favorites. It's a DeLorean question. Remember Back to the Future, the movie? Yep. And so remember the DeLorean is this car you could jump in and travel in time? <laughs> Yeah. So if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back eight years to the first day you became a mortgage broker and you could sit down with yourself and give you yourself three pieces of advice so that Mortgage 360 would be way bigger today, what would you tell yourself? Don't take things so personally. That would be my major one. Do I need three? Is that what you said? Yeah. So if you have a couple, what else would you tell yourself? You're awesome. You're going to do great. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, the don't take things so personally is major, huge one because I used to like lose sleep over some person with a 550 beacon that couldn't get a mortgage. It's not mm-hmm. my fault. Right. <laughs> I didn't do it. So yeah. I was a paramedic in my 20s and one of my mentors told me that because sometimes as a paramedic, you show up to some pretty awful stuff and he gave me some good yeah. advice. He said, you didn't cause the mess. You're just there to help. Yeah. And oh, I, I 
I love that. And so, you know, you, whatever's going on, you just show up and I'm here to help, but I didn't cause your, you know, your situation. And so it's no different in the mortgage business is that you're right. Some people's situation's a mess and all we can totally. do is just show up and help. And sometimes helping is just saying, you know, not now you need to do X, Y, and Z, but it really, although I forget it in the mortgage business, in the ambulance business, I always remembered it, but in the mortgage business, oh. I still forget sometimes and I take it too personally. That is going in my book of quotes because that is perfect <laughs> for me. Okay. Well, awesome. Jen, where can people find you online? Mortgage360.ca. And are you guys hiring? We are always hiring. We're, we like to be a little particular in, in the people that we hire just because we have a, a little bit of a different team structure. So we want to have, you know, like-minded people and people that really want to work on a team, um, not particularly, we're not particularly just trying to get more and more brokers at dress. We want to kind of build a good team structure. You don't want a bunch of lone wolves is what you're saying. You want people that... Yeah, we expect people to be involved. So... Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we look for. Right. So if anybody listening wants to check out links to Jen, her site, uh, go and go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com. We'll have all the links in the show notes. Jen, this has been awesome. Thank you for finally us teeing up this time. And I hope that you, <laughs> I hope you crush the rest of your year. Thanks so much, Scott. I really appreciate you having me. Want to learn from the top five mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Beckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step -step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing, since this is exclusive for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage business.